so we finished that up, right? Um, finished the open, um, ended up in 24th in the world. Um, and once you've been, once you've been under that pressure and under that stress, and now it's all done, right? The, mm -hmm. op the open's done, everything's gone and it's very quiet. And then it's a roller coaster, man. I mean, you just, I, I could feel myself just slipping away and I just like, man, am I gonna, am I gonna try to do this again? Um, do I want to do this there's again? There's probably some anxiety, like, I don't know if I could do that again. Oh, shit. And, and it's, there's even a little bit of depression associated with sure. that. You know, and I've talked to, uh, you guys know Frank, right? I've talked to Frank and, and um, awesome dude. He, for whatever reason, when he and I talk, he seems to center me again. And we only talk a couple times a year. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, Frank, uh, he's been to the game several times and, and he said that's completely normal. You know, after you compete at that high level and, you, and you're up there that holding that stress for so long, and then you have that gigantic dump where there's nothing, there's, there's just a, a, a decline. I am an everyday athlete. I am an everyday Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Basson with Mark McCain, and you are listening to Everyday Athlete, a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day-to-day -day CrossFit athletes like yourself. And um, we always, we've been uh, starting with the uh, the day-to-day -day CrossFit athletes. Uh, Dupree's not really a day-to-day -day CrossFit athlete. I'd say a pretty extraordinary athlete, nonetheless. But uh, welcome, Dupree. Thank you. How are you today? That. Fine, thanks. I appreciate you having me here. Like yeah. I said, I hope we have something to talk about. We will have plenty to talk about. Sitting here and staring at each other is bad for radio. If, yeah. Well, <laughs> the, nice, the nice thing is, is Dupree not only has a voice for radio, but he also has a very good face for video. Yeah, it's all Whoa, in, well, you know. I it's know. all in the beard, man. Yeah. That's where I get all my power. I, I got this nice, I got nothing going on. Mm. Yeah. What is that, three months? Yeah. There. Oh, right nice. There. Yeah. yeah. This, this is my too. living tribute to Stephen Flam. I don't know if you guys know Flam or not. Oh yeah. But, uh, oh yeah. Awesome beard on that dude. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Shout out to Stephen and that beard. It's that that pepper in the. I mean, yeah, it's that's like the thing, yeah. you would think that he like did that on purpose, but that is natural. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've had people ask me the same thing. You dye that? I'm like, Why would I do that? If I, was gonna <laughs> dye, I would dye it black if I was going to dye it anything, but no. Go right. the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. I feel like it's it's uh, it's very it used to not be acceptable to have this big. Now it's like everywhere. Yeah. Like you're not. Sure, see it a lot. That's for sure. Yeah, the uh, the big bushy beard has has become uh, pretty much the gold standard, I think, across for uh, badass men. <laughs> <laughs> or people that laid on the couch for six weeks in disability and didn't want to shave. That's, there you go. There you go. From, yeah. He's either homeless or very successful. Right, right. one or the other. Yeah, you can tell by the shirt. That's all. Yeah. Well, welcome, man. Uh, we've. We've kind of met back and forth along the way uh, a couple times, uh, actually through uh, Cincinnati Strength, and you were there for a little while. I think Alex Scott was the first person that ever introduced us. Probably, yeah. Uh, he, and he always spoke very, very highly of you. So um, when kind of you, you came up, popped up in conversation uh, the other day, it was like, I've got to i got to get that guy on here. That always uh, concerns me when someone tells me I popped up in conversation. Oh, it was all good. It was all good stuff. Don't worry. It's always good stuff. But um, I really, you know, just want to figure out kind of what makes someone like you tick. You've got a pretty uh, storied past and, and some good athletic background and um, um, kind of just want to work our way through it. So sure. kind of before we, uh, we started on started actually recording, we were talking a little bit about your past in the military. Mm -hmm. And I think that probably has something to do with who you are today. Well, I think um, so for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's just kind of start from the beginning. You know, where are you? Are you, are you living in Indiana right now? Are you actually from Indiana? Nope. I'm originally from Northern Ohio. 
a little town called Van Wert in the middle of nowhere. It's on the Indiana border. Um, I'm sure nobody's ever heard of it, but uh, Van Wert. Van Wert yeah. I went to school up in Bowling Green, Ohio. Okay. Um, and have some friends from Defiance and yeah, uh, yeah, they were in our same school district right there. There you go. Yeah. So some connection. Yeah. So graduated when I was 17. Went in the Air Force right away, right out of high school. Um, from '86 to 1990. Um, in 1990, I got a job with Cincinnati Bell, and been here ever since. It's the only job I've ever had. So, wow, <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of people can say that. Like, yeah, that's the 28 years, yeah. man. That's a long time. That's yeah. uh well, and and two, yeah, exactly what Mark said. There's not a lot of people who stick to that route anymore. Uh, a lot of it is, I think the the max for people our age is like five. Mm. Like it's and it's people just like, well, I'm bored now. I'm gonna move on. Move on to yeah. to, to have the stick to itness to kind of. Um, stay with one thing your whole life and become a master. I'm sure you're a master of what you do at this point. You know, the whole 10,000 10, hour adage. Yeah, yeah. At this point, uh, I'm pretty well versed in, in where we're going and what we're doing. I actually run the training center for uh, technical training. Um, so like I said earlier, I, you know, I have a great team of guys that I work with and, and we train people on everything from pole climbing to uh, installing TV, phone, and internet. And it's, uh, it's awesome, man. Five guys, we support 1,000 people and it's, uh, wow. it's a great experience, hmm. which allows us to get in front of people all the time. You know, and uh, um, obviously you have to know what you're talking about, be a subject matter expert at something yeah. one way or another and be credible and confident in what you're saying. So Can you fix the internet at this building? Because it is horrendous. <laughs> that is always a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's always a good question. So, My answer is going to be it depends. It depends. That's yeah. the answer. That's literally the answer for everything. Sure. I yeah. just, just went to that sports performance certification. It's like someone raised their hand and they ask a question. Like, it depends. It depends. Yeah. Like, what about this? That also depends <laughs> <laughs> on a lot of different variables. So you, uh, we, we talked just a little bit about how you, you actually went into the Air Force uh, to train and become heavy equipment operator. I did, yeah. I went in to become a heavy equipment operator. My dad uh, was a construction laborer his entire life, and, and he always told me that the operators make all the money. So um, at that time, I thought driving a bulldozer or, or moving a, a land mover of some kind would be pretty cool to drive a big ass machine like that. You know, it is pretty cool, Dupree. Yeah. It is cool. <laughs> it sounds exciting. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, when I, I got out of basic training, that job was full. There were no positions available for someone new like myself, and I got forced into communications. and And little did I know at the time that laid the path for where I am now. Left basic training uh, in Texas and went to Alaska for three years. Uh, in Fairbanks, Alaska, it's, it's a landlocked spot right in the middle of Alaska. There's absolutely nothing going on there. Wow. Um, and then I uh, went to San Antonio for my last year and ended up here after wow. that. So, yeah, a lot of people think of Alaska. So I, I, when I think of Alaska, I think of, you know, those the, the pictures you see from, like, cruise ships and stuff right, like that to right. take them up there. So it doesn't sound like that was... Uh... Not necessarily. I mean, I got to see the Northern Lights. I got to go above the Arctic Circle several times. I got to pan for gold and hunt and fish and all the stuff that people typically do in Alaska. Um, but, uh, you know, I was 18, 19 years old, man. You know, it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's a yeah. different world. If, if yeah, and, and I think uh, probably now you think you might even enjoy that more than when absolutely. you were 18 or 19. Yeah. 18 yeah. or 19, you're like, get me the hell out of here. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to be somewhere warm. And I, I even, all my areas that I chose were around the, the coast, you know, Florida and California and Hawaii, and I ended up in freaking Alaska. I think somebody <laughs> chose that on purpose. <laughs> uh, fun, actually, funny story. Uh, my cousin uh, was in the Coast Guard, and we picked him up in New Jersey from boot camp. Um, I guess it's still called boot camp for the Coast Guard. Um, and he's like, probably six four and mm -hmm. he was only like 185 pounds and then we picked him up and he was like 160 pounds wow. he lost a bunch of weight yeah. and like a bean pole and uh but they're doing the same thing they're going through and they're like you know john smith and like san francisco like all these these beautiful ports around right. you know and uh 
Cape Canaveral, Florida, mm-hmm. and all these different things. And they're like, Joe Prest, Frankfurt, Michigan, <laughs> a, a little summer town on the you know on Lake Michigan. It's just like, you know, beautiful in the summer, but mm-hmm. a town of two hundred people in the winter. Yeah, you know, just yeah. nothing going on. Still beautiful in its own right. Sure. My different. wife's uncle was in the Coast Guard, and, and he thought he was going to see all these exotic ports, and he ended up patrolling the Arkansas River mm. most of his time, you know? So oh, it, it just depends on where they need you, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like you said, you've been with communications for, for 28 years. We can go down mm-hmm. that hole forever yeah. on how things have changed oh, and my things gosh, like that. Yeah, yeah. Fiber optic and... and uh, what what are some of the you have any like kind of really fun stories that stick out about either training or I because I, I can imagine basically when the if you're starting in the you said early nineties I started in nineteen ninety nineteen ninety yeah. so internet not even not, a thing no nothing like that no Facebook no no nothing yeah you know this is even before dial up yeah, you know exactly. what I mean yeah. Rotary dialer. It was just, it was just, yeah, exactly. Uh, Rotary dial phones, and it was just telephone. I mean, when we got distinctive ring, or when people got two phone lines in their house, it was a big deal. Oh yeah, you Mm -hmm. know. And uh, now people don't even have a home phone anymore. Yeah, you know. When I get kids in class, and and I can call them kids because we got we're bringing guys in now that are eighteen, nineteen years old. You Mm -hmm. know, and I'll ask them how many still have how many have a home phone number. None of them will raise their hand. How many of your parents have a home phone? None of them will raise your hand. Okay, how many of your grandparents have a home yeah. phone? And then they'll all put their hand right, up. You know, right. and that, that just kind of speaks to where that whole technology thing is gone. And there's a big gap there. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. There's a generation of people that are that are missing out and and still choose not to participate in that for a couple of different reasons. Maybe they don't trust computers, or you know, the learning curve is too great. But yeah, our yeah. business line is a cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. I mean, it's it just it just makes sense in, yeah. in the way things are set up. Yeah. Um, uh, we've talked about this with it with a different person on the podcast before, and that was really just about because um, you went into for something a little bit more manual labor, and still, you know, I'm sure you weren't teaching right away at Cincinnati Bell. You right. were probably I was in, a field tech for ten yeah. years, then I ran a field team for ten years. And so I think there's a there's a huge skills gap right now, um, in or a trade gap, I should say. Absolutely. So, and I, I would put what you do in, in a trade, a field trade, you mm-hmm. know, it sounds like you don't necessarily have to have a four year degree to go work for Cincinnati Bell. Nope. Um, but I don't know, maybe just kind of what you've seen as far as like, do you see a pickup as far as, uh, people coming into the field or is there still this huge kind of like, we need people to do this because I think the technology is accelerating so fast that you don't have the people to probably back up the pickup in technology. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, we try to maintain around 400 field technicians in one specific career set of Cincinnati Bell, and it's so hard to keep that number level. You know what I mean? Um, because they are they're young kids. They like we said earlier, they don't stick it out for a long time. You know, and uh, some of them still live with mom and dad. You yeah. know, <laughs> and they don't really want to learn a, a, a trade. You know, last week they were delivering pizzas and, and bagging groceries, and eh, it's okay. I'll just go back to doing that. It was a lot easier. Yeah. You know, so that technical, like you said, that technical trade gap is there i mean mike Rowe talks about that a lot if you if you mm-hmm. listen to any of his stuff where we pushed the bachelor degree program for so long and so many people were out getting bachelor's degrees but then there's no jobs for those people you know and now we have a gigantic gap of people that don't have technical skills because yep. they didn't learn a trade and i I'd, I'd love to see us getting back to that because obviously that's that's incredibly important to have well, people that can work with their hands. Yeah. It's actually the backbone of, of what this whole country is built on. But you made it a, a very nice segue into uh, just a mental fortitude and sticking to something, sure. uh, which 
for me, maybe my next question is, we're on the CrossFit podcast, but mm-hmm, right. how, how did you get into fitness? Is something fitness or something you've always been interested in? Uh, yeah, I, all through high school I wrestled. I mean, I wasn't very good at it. Um, but uh, you're, you know, a bi- you're a big guy. Like, have you always been a big guy? Yeah, always tall. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, when I graduated, I or my senior in high school, I wrestled 185. Um, so you that's know, big. I, in high yeah, that's big for high school. That's big for a high school wrestler, especially. Yeah, you know yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I, I just I wasn't your prototypical athlete. You know, um, didn't really have the aggression that you need. Not that I had. Not not like I have now. You can't really teach that. You right. know, aggression's not really coachable. You either have it or you don't. And. I like to stand around with the bat on my shoulder more than swinging it a lot of times, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, fitness, uh, yeah, my, my younger brother and I worked out at the YMCA with a couple of friends when we were 16 years old, and that was back in the golden era of bodybuilding, you know, so we would emulate all those guys that we would read in, in Muscle and Fitness and, and all those other magazines and uh, just kind of progress from there, man. You know, basic uh, uh, isolated movements, you know, bench press and never squatted. I mean, mm. come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Who I wants to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, bench press, bicep curls, all that normal stuff, you know, um, and uh, just stumbled all the way through that till I found CrossFit, and that was all by chance because, again, I was at that point in 2012 laying on the couch recovering from shoulder surgery on a different shoulder. So yeah, so 2012 was a starting point for you. In, yeah, in that's CrossFit. when I started. Yeah, yeah. I kept having to catch the games on ESPN and. Um, just thought to myself, man, I could do that. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. didn't know what I was getting into at the time, but right. uh, yeah. I think that's, uh, we've all been there. Sure. Yeah. I could, it doesn't look that hard. I, I could do that. That's, that's that's a big do you remember, do you remember your first workout? Maybe your first sucky workout. Everyone's got one that Golly, sticks I, out. I sure don't, man. There's, it's been so long. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I couldn't tell uh, you. That's all right. I know, I know Mark and I both definitely have one. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They, they stick out and it's just like, but the cool thing is, is you can go back and, and you can relate to, to people who are just coming into it who get that feeling of like, oh, God, there's no way. Like, you guys are here and I'm, I'm way down here. I'm like, no, it's fine. Yeah, like, we were all down here. You'll get here. there, believe me. Right. And if, if we weren't there, we were put there sure. by someone yeah, or something else. Yeah. You know, I think there's a, there has to be that, that you've expressed a little bit of humility and, and uh, empathy towards people who are just starting out because we've been we've all been in this so long that it's like, some people you just see come through and they just get it and other people it's just going to take them a little bit longer yeah, time sure so uh so 2012 i mean that's um six years and yeah. you've come pretty far pretty long way in, in six years not just through crossfit but uh, moving a little bit into uh weightlifting as well mm-hmm. right sure you found a little bit of love for weightlifting um was that just an instant an instant click for you no i uh um there's a lot of back story behind that, how I progressed into weightlifting. Luckily, we have a lot of time. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, we can go down that whole path if you yeah, want let's to, do man. It. Yeah. Um, we don't have real jobs. So. Right. Oh, yeah, we talked about <laughs> that. Right? Nothing until 3.30 <laughs> this afternoon. That's fine. I got to be at the... I gotta be at the at the gym at four. We're gonna do lion today. I've never done that before. So, oh, what's that one? Uh, it's um, sounds super familiar. I believe it's five rounds, uh, seven reps each of um, cleans. Yep, we did shoulder that. to overhead and chest to bar burpee chest to bar pull-ups yeah we've done oh, that it's yeah. two minute built-in rest so yeah it can be pretty grippy and it's 165 pounds rx for for guys so yeah. it should be cool uh, i love that heavy overhead shit man that's my thing we're changing right. the workout next week uh, <laughs> yeah. not that <laughs> anything but that he said burpee pull-up yeah <laughs> yeah well, but there's built-in rest we actually have, we, we actually did that one not too long ago and it was very um intense let's just say that yeah. and it's going from that that clean it's kind of like a sprint and right. then you're just kind of crawling 
through the burpee and the pull up at yeah. the end and yeah. it's like get me to the rest please yeah yeah, yeah so. i hope to use the burpees as some kind of recovery or the burpee chest of ours as a recovery Ex of some yeah, kind. exactly yeah we'll you kind of push the pace on the barbell and then try to just keep yourself moving on the pull-up yeah, yeah man yeah. silly yeah so um just yeah. again we can back all the way up um 2012 found crossfit on the river and that's where i started they were down in miami town at the time and that was like the place where it like the it was like a friend's garage like type area oh that place was or was awesome. that lawrenceburg that was that, when it was in was lawrenceburg, lawrenceburg. Yeah, it was that's way down right. there. yeah and then then um, that's when sean owned, owned it before he went yeah. to bloomington mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and then justin uh, took it over and they it moved up there to miami town and that's where i found it right there you know and I, the first night uh, we went in for uh, uh on ramp a class you know justin said uh, we're standing i still remember we're standing in a big circle and uh, he said now who, who's here because they w just watched the crossfit games i was like fuck that was me man. <laughs> that was me and he goes hey, we don't do that here and i was like oh man that's cool though we still started you know and i ran through it and got my ass kicked like everybody else did you well, know and, to, to justin's uh like credit though like to have that wherewithal in 2012 it's pretty yeah. awesome yeah for sure and I, I i've always respected justin i've i've yeah. known him just one of the first couple people I've met along in the kind of moving into CrossFit and he's always been just had that like like you said that foresight to be like you know we're gonna pull things back a little bit yeah. it's not because 2012 was like you could open up a gym in the middle of nowhere oh, yeah. and be Absolutely. like I got people 300 members yep. yeah. you know um, but anyways moving forward sorry. yeah yeah um, so yeah 2012 uh, trained there for you know general fitness stuff and um, Jumped into my first competition was actually at, at Hoosier CrossFit with with Sean over there, and uh, I think it might have been started. I started on ramp November of, of uh, 2012, and I think I did my first competition in 2013. Had no idea what I was getting into, man. You know, and I thought, man, I want to compete. That's what I want to do. So, mm -hmm. went over there. Um, obviously, got my ass kicked, as you can imagine. You know, wasn't quite ready for that. Um, came back, trained for another year, and then uh, did a had a, had. A, had minor success at a few local competitions for masters. Um, I forget how old I was at the time in 2012, but then I, I thought that I wanted to really make a run at the games at the time. So I sought out Steven, uh, actually I ran into Steven up in, up at friendship, um, up in Columbus. If you guys are familiar with that great mm -hmm. box up there, Jeff has a great gym going, mm -hmm. um, met at a, um, a competition up there where, here I came as a general fitness guy coming from CrossFit on the river, and I was competing and hanging with people who had just left the CrossFit Games. Glenn Waters and Lee Sanford at the oh, time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were we were going head to head for uh, several of the different events, and I ended up finishing in second place. So here I am, this big tall goofball, and these guys are your prototypical CrossFit athletes, just shredded, you know, a lot shorter than me and a lot lighter than me, and they they're great with gymnastics and all that kind of stuff. But I was able to hang with them, you know. So that's the first time I met Stephen, and Stephen told me he was actually intrigued by me being able to move the way that I did, being as big as I am. So that's kind of that backhanded compliment kind yeah. of thing, you know. Um, but uh, saw well, him out, uh, and again yeah. to to Stephen's to Stephen's credit now is is again having that ability because I've same thing it's like that guy has always had this like i can look at you and tell that you're going to be a good athlete or not you yeah. know and to seek you out like there's there's a reason you know because he's got he has that just whatever you call it he has it be able to seek those people yeah. out yeah. He's, he's a different training philosophy and i've always absolutely I've, it's been it's it's anytime i go out to cincinnati strength it's like man it's like there's something going on here that's pretty awesome yeah he's so chill man and, yeah. uh, and he's so knowledgeable he, if He's, he's probably one of the best in the country as far as individual programming and teaching uh, volume and pacing and capacity and just there's mm -hmm. so much to learn there that, that we'll never even be able to, to capture. Yeah, right. But, and, uh, and he's obviously had a great mentor and 
OPT. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's that's uh, an incredible program. I was following it for a while, you know, in our origin kind of days. Yeah, when well, we and did it was CrossFit way over for three our, months, and then we're like, no, we just need to do OPT because we need more. And yeah, like, you're an idiot. And, yeah. It, yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> and again, where I was going with that, to to his credit, to understand that and conceptualize it and put it into digestible pieces for mm -hmm. his clients is what makes him so good. Yeah. Where at the time when we were just starting out, we're like, do this at eighty percent, and we're like. What's 80%? Uh, uh, what's 80%? 80% of what? Well, I'll just go really fast. What's, right, right. Yeah. What's zone one? What's, you know, yep. all the all these different things. And I don't like this aerodyne. Yeah, <laughs> it's know? awful. Yeah, it's Before awful. it's an assault bike and all this stuff, right, you know. Right. So, um, but, you know, going back to what he said to you up at that competition, that's like the best compliment you can get in the, the realm of, I think, whether it's Olympic weightlifting or CrossFit is like, wow, you move really good for your size yeah you yeah because everyone's different sure. right yeah you know a, a five foot two guy is always going to beat you at wall or uh, at air squats right know? yeah <laughs> Just, for sure for so. sure but i can beat him at rowing and wall balls yeah exactly right? we've got <laughs> a couple of things so right. uh moving so steven kind of picked you up and yeah and yeah kind of, sought him out in uh probably i think i started there january of uh 2014 right before the open we're, we're really starting to ramp up for the open um and the open came along. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't ready with his programming, so I ended up maybe 40th in the world, something like that. At the time, that was the first, uh, the first, man, really my first time of trying for that masters qualifier. You know yeah. what I mean? He also mm -hmm. did say 40th in the world. Yeah. That's yeah. like, sorry, yeah, like that is that it's it's pretty damn impressive. You yeah, know, yeah, it's, it's uh, it, it was pretty cool. Believe me, um, I didn't expect it, you know, but I just I just knew that I moved well for a guy, and I lifted heavy weight for a guy my age. That's what gets gets me by a lot of time is because I'm stronger than most guys my age. Makes sense. I'm by no means a better athlete or anything like that. I'm just lucky enough to be stronger than guys my age. Yeah. How, how old are you, Dupree? I'll, I'm, I'll be 50 July 23rd. Mm -hmm. So that, that was, how old were you when you were 40th? Oh boy, we said, uh, that was 2014. 14? 14. Yeah, so yeah. 46. 46, yeah. yeah. So in the 45 to 49 age group. So I've been battling the same guys my entire competitive, uh, high level competitive career. So yeah. mm -hmm. we see each other quite often and you know who each other is on the leaderboard, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and you you pick up their name and you look at their videos and so you know who you're competing I think that's, with. You know? I think that's, that's even cooler though because like there's, this year, the leaderboard is it, it for the CrossFit Games is just everywhere. People yeah, co people come over. out of the woodwork every single year, yeah. uh, and you know you got your teens that are now moving up. But it's like there's not really additional masters coming in. There's a couple that will show up sure. from time to time. You know, especially your 35 and up age yeah, group. For sure. Like you know, Neil Maddox is now a master. You right. know, like that guy's a freak. But you know, it's like there's not a, a whole lot of additional. 50 to or 45 to, to 50 year olds coming in to the sport yep. this late in the game. You guys have been doing it for five to six years and now you're moving up in age. Yeah. So if we it is kind of cool to be, stay healthy. Yeah. Then mm -hmm. yeah, it's the same guys all the time. Exactly. We'll come back around to that. Cause I'm, that's something I'm interested in, in staying healthy as a, uh, as, as you know, because we're trying to stave off the in inevitable, which sure. is obviously, yep. you know, the, the end button to, yeah. to the life there. But, right. uh, you know, talk, we'll talk about that a little bit later about how to, uh, you know what you do to kind of recover and things like that okay. so uh 40s in the world yeah um and i was i was hungry man after that i thought i had a little bit of success um and i thought man this this is definitely it you know this guy knows what he's talking about 
um, aerobic capacity, like you said, zone mm -hmm. one, all that kind of stuff. I mean, bought an Airdyne. And I still have Christmas pictures of the Airdyne sitting right <laughs> next to my Christmas tree, man. And, <laughs> and awesome. I, I had a long conversation with my wife prior to, to going to Cincinnati Strength and making a run at that because it's – that's hard, man. It's mm -hmm. hard as an individual athlete to try to make it to the games. It really is. It's like a part-time job. It's know? not. It's not easy. No, no, no it's not. What? It's not easy. I can't believe just it. Show up. Yeah. <laughs> you, if if anybody tells you that it's easy and they did it on their own, they're a liar. I, I can can't tell eat you that. Cupcakes and donuts and pizza and no, drink beer. No, yeah. that's yeah. a that's a sore topic with my wife because oh, uh, fair enough. No, well, no, she yeah. lost her drinking buddy for typically nine oh, months out of the year go. when yeah, when sure. it comes around time to watch the diet. You know, but. Yeah, uh, forty something in the world, and then uh, again, I was I was really hungry, man. So I, I just went out and busted ass and did a lot of local competitions. Uh, ended up on the podium a lot of times, um, and that just reassured that yes, we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, Twenty fifteen came around. That was probably my best year. I ended up, uh, uh, you know, and it, it's Cincinnati strength when you're an individual athlete. The, the main priority is the open. Mm. Um, so that's the main goal. Right, our main goal is that. So when it starts getting closer, stop doing local comps. Um, don't get beat up anymore. Rest your hands. Let's trust the programming and move into the open. And I ended up. Um, I think I finished the open twentieth in the world. Now you know they take the top twenty. Yeah. So um, I'm, I was a nervous wreck, man. You know, because we're going into the Masters mm -hmm. qualifier, mm -hmm. and it's either going to be good and heavy for me, or it's going to be gymnastic and it's going to be right. shitty. Yeah. Um, so it was a mixture of both. I ended up twenty fourth in the world, and. Um, Missed the games, obviously, and and you know you never want anybody above you to get hurt or withdraw, but uh, that close man, golly, I was hoping somebody would drop like, out for some reason, but uh, it just yeah, it just sure. never happened, you know, mm -hmm. and that that's cool, but you know for whatever reason, a couple of different things happened to me after that. When I was I was just flat out embarrassed, mm -hmm. I really was because I just I I really felt like I, I tried my very best, and so many people were supporting me and counting counting on uh, not counting on me. They I probably put all that pressure on myself, but. To come up that short was uh, it was it was embarrassing to me, and and it was, and I'm not going to get into sports psychology for all different kinds of reasons, but because one I don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> uh, one I didn't feel like I deserved that success, but secondly I was embarrassed because I didn't finish where I thought I would. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And, Absolutely. And, and there's there's a there's there was a study uh, done. I'm not going to sit here and try and like you said quote the study, but the the gist of it being is if you it's come down to you people would rather lose by a mile than by an inch mm -hmm. because if you lose by a mile you can see like all these different things and like oh well it's not that big of a deal because I, they were so far ahead of me if you lose by an inch you're like oh, that that night where i got eight hours of sleep said nine hours of sleep. Like that, <laughs> right, that yeah. could have been the difference sure you know because then you start to go back and you think about all these different things you could have done differently instead yeah. of like you put a you clearly put a ton of work in and, and uh you know saying what you just said like i'm embarrassed from the outside world it's like dude you're 24th in the world that's pretty damn awesome yeah but you hold yourself accountable and say like i could have done better sure Which i think that's there's something in its own right that says that makes you a, the person who you absolutely are today you know and just with the first time i ever met you you would have not known that you were 24th in the world that's not something i talk about very often but you that's know. but that's what i'm saying is though is like most people would say that you know, you, you meet a lot of athletes and uh, they've been told their whole life that their shit doesn't stink. Mm -hmm. And I never, ever, ever once got that impression from you. So, yeah. again, compliments to you, compliments how you were raised, whatever it was. But it's it's one of those things that, like, um, I know Mark's talked about it just from uh, he played college baseball. Just like mm -hmm. those guys that, like, 
they've been told their whole life they can't do any wrong right and they're just like they're up here in their own head and it's not necessarily well deserved when you're the opposite well maybe it's, it is well deserved and you are not you're very humble yeah so i appreciate that i'd still like to know why i felt like i never deserved to be as successful as i was mm. I, I don't have any idea why that is and maybe a sports psychologist can send me a message and let me know why that is <laughs> i don't know but uh um so we finished that up, right? Um, finished the Open, um, ended up in 24th in the world. Um, and once you've been once you've been under that pressure and under that stress, and now it's all done, right? The mm -hmm. open, the Open's done. Everything's gone, and it's very quiet. And then it's a roller coaster, man. I mean, you just I, I could feel myself just slipping away, and I just like, man, am I gonna am I gonna try to do this again? Um, do I want to do this? There's again? probably some anxiety. Like, I don't know if I could do that again. Oh shit. And, and it's, there's even a little bit of depression associated with sure. that. You know, and I've talked to, uh, you guys know Frank, right? I've talked to Frank and, and, um, awesome dude. He, for whatever reason, when he and I talk, he seems to center me again. And we only talk a couple times a year. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, Frank, uh, he's been to the game several times and, and he said, that's completely normal. You know, after you compete at that high level and you, and you're up there that holding that stress for so long and then you have that gigantic dump where there's nothing there's there's just a a, a decline mm. you know and so i had to get my head right and get back in it again and um uh, did a few local comp competitions again and then uh, came back around to 2016 um tried again ended up 28th in the world this time um, so i had three good years at it mm -hmm. um and then the masters qualifier came along at the last event of that one of the events of the Masters qualifier 2016 was a one rep max deadlift so I saved that one to the end because I was really going to try to hit 500-pound deadlift. Hmm. And for a guy my age, a 500-pound deadlift is pretty solid. For, for a guy any age? Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. well, well, yeah. that's a pretty solid deadlift for just about anyone. Yeah. So I, uh, I saved it for the end, and thankfully I did because I tore my left bicep at the end of that. Mm. I had a little hitch at the end, and I, I tore my bicep. And um, and if you've ever torn a bicep, it's mm -hmm. uh, it hurts, man. I've not, but I've seen hurts. them. Yeah. I've sadly I've done it three times, and I only Ooh. have two biceps. So mm. explain that to me. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the end of that, I I tore my bicep and uh, uh, ended up, like I said, 28th in the world again, uh, right there on the right on the edge. Um, fell into that depression again, and I was like, man, I just don't think I'm gonna do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to try some weightlifting and see how that goes. Because I always like snatch. Yeah. At that time, I, I hit, was hitting a 225 snatch, and I thought that was pretty cool, but it was really shitty and janky looking. <laughs> you know, but uh, um, that's not your specialty as a CrossFit athlete. Sure. You know. Um, Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. I could cycle a barbell well, but it wasn't uh, It wasn't real pretty. So, uh, and I, I knew... Um, I knew Chelsea Cow from her time with Columbus uh, Weightlifting. She would come down and put on, you know, snatch seminars uh, at Cincinnati Strength, and I'd drop in there, and we had met each other. So I sought her out, and at the time, she had just started. She and Drew Dillon had just started Project Lift, mm -hmm. which is at uh, in it's in the same building um, with Endeavor in Columbus. If you've never been there, I know yep. you've been there. It's an awesome setup there, very cool place. And uh, asked her to remote program me because I have a, a goal in mind that I would like to go to nationals. Mm -hmm. um, Nationals Masters weightlifting. It's in Savannah. I thought it'd be cool. I've never been to Georgia. That's one thing CrossFit competing allowed me to do was was travel a lot. You know, I qualified for the Granite Games and went to Minnesota. There's nothing going on up there, and uh, I think it was St. Cloud, Minnesota, or something like that. But I did get to meet, you know, a, a couple of the high level guys in in, in my age group. Um, and uh, um, so, what what decide what made me decide to go to weightlifting was I looked at the guys' numbers 
on the, mm-hmm. at the previous year on the leaderboard, and I thought, man, I'm not that far off. Let's give it a try and see how it goes, you know. I'm not going to make a fool of myself. I'm just going to show up and at least come close. Um, had no idea that I was going to win. I mean, um, uh, it was in uh, Savannah, so we trained for that. Uh, for, after the Masters qualifier, took a couple months off, trained for that. It was in March, so we trained all the way through that year up into March. Uh, went down there. Drew went with me and a couple other lifters from Project Lift um, and got got tied up in a snatch battle right away with the guy that uh, was in my age group. And I'd, according to Drew, that never happens, but it happened to me, of course, you know, so mm-hmm. we're going back and forth right away. And I had no idea what I was doing. I'd done one local event. Uh, it was at Ben's place um, down mm-hmm. in Louisville. Yep. Um, to, to Bluegrass? What Bluegrass, is it? Bluegrass, I think. Yeah, yeah. Bluegrass, probably. I, think. I don't want to say it wrong, so I apologize to Ben Carter. Um, but yeah, I had some success there. And then this is really like my second time on a platform. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I probably could have taken different avenues to get there instead of jumping right into Masters Nationals. But, you know, it's cool. What the but hell? You're, you're used to dealing with pressure. I mean, it's not yeah, like it's not sure. like you just started weightlifting. You you have dealt with pressure before. I mean, coming from a competitive background in CrossFit. I mean, yep. it's a different kind of pressure. We it all is. know that. And you yeah. step onto a platform and it's silent yeah. versus you're in a CrossFit competition. And Music's people loud. Scre- yeah. People screaming. Yeah, for sure. It's it wildly silent different. on a platform, but man. You, the, the, you, can, you can channel that and... and internalize that uh, kind of focus it's just it's just a different kind of focus yeah for sure um so yeah um missed my first lift but it was purely mental and from there on out i, I hit my lifts and, and hit my numbers and ended up winning that event you know and with uh, again that's all good programming man i all i do is trust my programming with i did it with steven at, at cincinnati strength i did it with chelsea and drew at uh, project lift and I, you know you got to be a, a coachable athlete to be successful you know you really have to be believe it or not um, and I couldn't have done any of that without. I'm going to so. highlight that and put that. Just I'm going to put that on a repeat yeah. at the gym. So, <laughs> so, the, so the event you you won that. So that made you a national champion. Yeah, national champion. Um, Masters uh, 45, 49, um, 105 plus. So super heavyweight. I was a light super heavyweight. Um, so Chelsea told me to just start loading it up, man. So I did. I shot up That's to 200, 261 pounds. Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to have to do stuff with my hands off the off the ground, you know. So I just, man, let's just start gaining some weight. And I sure did, man. Uh, um, had to buy a new singlet and everything. <laughs> <you know? laughs> um, but the, yeah, for sure. But the the, prod, the goal after that was uh, Indiana State Championship. So I kind of went backwards as far as my path to get to national champions. But it's still, it's still cool. Same Still the same nerves, still on a platform. I still got to make the lifts, you know, and uh, uh, became the Indiana State champion the same year, 2017. And then my goal was to be the number one lifter in the country. You know, I wasn't too far off. I had specific numbers in in mind um, that I had to hit. I really, you only got to beat it by one kilo, man. Mm -hmm. You know, 2.2 pounds. 2.2 pounds, (laughs) yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was my goal. And uh, through through several months of the year, Project Lift, they hold. sanctioned meets in columbus on sundays um you have to be a usaw it's member very cool i oh, love man, what, i love uh, what they do because they allow they allow, they get rid of the nerves yeah. first off yep. it's like there's their judges are in beanbag chairs yeah you know they got a paddle they're that like yeah, good job. A funny point you know? yeah it's, it's just <laughs> very chill man if you're looking for a sanctioned event that's yeah that. and, and there's awesome. there's not that many people there there's a whole bunch of people doing it for the first time yep. they're walking their people through the nerves yeah you know um I don't want to go ahead of here, but like the, the meet that we're going to have tomorrow is going to be a whole bunch of people here for their first time. That's great. And we're going to have music on and it's going to be relaxed and we're going to have a good time. You know, there's going to be some serious lifters here, but at the same time, it's like, 
I'm here more to, to be the liaison for the sport and like get people excited about doing it, mm -hmm. you know, because that's, I think we've both found a little bit of a love for it. And yeah. there's, there's, there's something about it. There's that camaraderie there that, you know, unlike CrossFit, if you're 58 kilos and you hit a 70 kilo snatch, that's a huge deal versus in CrossFit. If you're, it doesn't matter what you weigh, right? You know, it, we know that that makes a little bit of a difference. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so trying to be number one in the country, yeah. um, on uh, USA ranked number one weightlifter in the country. Um, that was the meet that I, that I was, made, that yeah. I was there. Okay. That was it. That's my yeah. thought. Yes. I had specific numbers in mind. I needed to hit, I needed to hit a specific snatch. And what was the, uh, the numbers? Golly. I'd, Round, yeah. Roundabout. Yeah, I had to hit a two fifty one snatch and a three oh eight uh, clean and jerk. Those and I'd convert those to kilos. I don't. I don't. I've been away. I don't have my calculator right. with me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what it was exactly. But uh, um, hit the first two snatches. Hit the third snatch at my number. It might have been. I don't know what is that. One eleven. One twenty. What, what was your two fifty one? Two fifty one. Two fifty is one fifteen. Okay. So uh, two fifty five is one fifteen. So yeah, probably about. I think it was like one eleven. One twelve. Might have like been one twelve. Yeah. And my buddy Roy was in that beanbag as a center judge, yep. right? So I hit that snatch, and as I'm standing up, I could feel my bicep just shredding, man. It was shredding, and it was popping, and, and I'm looking at Roy, and I'm walking it, and I stop, and I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, oh, that fucking card, man. This, yeah. <laughs> something just exploded. This is bad, you know? Right. And, um, and sure enough, it, it sure did, dude. I, I, he threw the card. I, got, I dropped the, the weight um, and just flooded with nausea and sweat and seeing lights. And mm. I didn't know that I'd detached my bicep and torn my rotator and my labrum and went back to the chair and sat next to you, I believe, mm -hmm. at that time and covered up my arm with my shirt and I couldn't feel my hand. And I and mind you, that was snatch, not clean and jerk. That's the first right. thing he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you still got to get yeah. through clean and jerk. Still had to do the clean and jerk. Um, so yeah. Uh, Again, had a number in mind I needed to hit for the clean and jerk to be number one in the country. And, and intelligence-wise, I probably should have stopped. I don't know <laughs> if, it, if I made things better or worse, but uh, um, you have three attempts to hit each lift. Um, and I hit the first two clean, six, first two clean and jerk successfully, hit my number. And then at that point, I, I was done. I didn't, didn't hit my, third, right? I didn't hit my third attempt. Um, you won that event, did you not? Sinclair score, yes. Yeah, Sinclair score, yeah. Yeah, so that was... Uh, that was it, man. Number one in the country after that. And I just, I could not wait because I didn't know if the guy who was in first place was competing the same weekend mm -hmm. I was competing or not because I knew I was done. As mm -hmm. soon as I got home, I, I, it was on a Sunday, Monday, I made an appointment with my orthopedic surgeon and got in there and did the MRI and for sure everything's, you know, it was a total detachment, um, had to be relocated and re-anchored. And so all the while I'm making these appointments, I'm watching the score or right, watching the right. leaderboard, you know, that kind of tells me where my, where it tells us where my mindset was at the time. You know, I had a goal in mind. I wanted to hit that goal. Um, USAW uh, updates their scores and it comes out and I'm number one and boy, I screenshotted that thing and uh, it's hanging on my wall right now, you know, awesome. uh, yeah, number one in the country, but you know, at what cost it's, it's. Well, there's, I think there's, there's two, two ways to think about that. I mean, uh, I guess my first question for you is, so you're, I mean, you're in pain mm -hmm. at the snatches. Yeah. Like mentally, how do you push through to a clean and jerk? Is it, is it, have you always been the kind of person where it's like, I have this goal and nothing's going to stop me yeah. to get there? Yeah. I, uh, and, and you guys know that, I mean, you've, you've competed, you know, when you can turn off everything else and get in your, get in your lane and turn everything else off. And that's, I've, I've been very lucky in being able to do that when it's when it's three two one go i can shut everything off i don't care what it is is there a specific attribute that like you might you know attribute that to 
pure stubbornness, man. It's I don't stubbornness. know. Yeah. I, I've always, yeah. I've always, we've actually talked about speaking of Alex Scott, mm -hmm. he's always been able to do that really well. Yep. Mm -hmm. Dude can shut his brain off. Yep. And, just, and that's what I'm, I do, man. I'm just going to hold on to this bar until uh, I break or I'm something's going to fall off yeah. me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that's, cause there's anyone who's ever had a, any sort of ligament injury, anything like that. Like it's, it's like just sprain an ankle and then mm -hmm. you go try and run. Right. Like then, then you're multiplying that by 10. Yeah, for know? sure. Um, cause there's something to be said about being able to shut that off and then hit those numbers and then say, all right, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, you know? we've, we've all been in the middle of a wad and your brain's talking to you, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, when I was rehabbing from, from this injury and, and trying to make it back and my wife and I, we have a gym and our, uh, we have a rig and everything in our garage and, uh, trying to build that capacity back and everything. My brain would talk to me the whole time and I'd, I would just shut down in the middle of a workout and eh, that's it, I'm done. I don't want to mm. do it anymore, you know? And that to me is a brand new experience mm -hmm. because as a competitive athlete, I've always been able to shut everything off and I'm going, I don't care what's happening, we're going. Has that been from like a young age, you, would you say? Or I, I don't know, that that really is something that, uh, not really because, you know, like I said, I was never aggress aggressive, you can't right. coach that, you can't teach that, you either have it or you don't. But I would say that that's something that I've uh, developed since I found this sport. To say yeah. you can, I think you can absolutely mm -hmm. learn it. One of the questions we always ask people, and it comes up, not always, but it comes up a lot here, and that's really just your your ability to problem solve. And I think outside of the gym, I think CrossFit teaches you how to oh, problem boy. solve in your life. Couldn't agree more. It's as much a mental um, a mental test as a physical test, and that carries over into so many different things, man. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about. Um, about um, female athletes and, and how successful, how, how much better off the world would be if, if we had a lot more stronger fem female confident athletes. Not, to, not just athletes, but um, strong confident women in general. Yeah. And that, that mental mindset, if you can do that here, just pick that up and take it outside of here. Carry that confidence and that strength. That's applicable to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, well, I think I told you we had a, a first a first uh, rope climb yesterday for from one of our yeah. female athletes, and she's she's a mother. She's you know it's like she's middle aged. Like she's at this point where everyone has told her that she needs to like settle down and you know be be the the polite mom. And it's yeah. like nope, nah, like nope, not gonna do it. Shimmied herself up that rope yesterday, and it's like you know just middle finger of the world. Yeah. Like I'm doing this today. That's you know, great, it's, man. It's pretty awesome to see, and, and like it's only going in, in the right context. It's only going to improve everyone around her. You know, it's going oh, to improve absolutely. her, her yeah. it's going to improve her family's life. It's going to improve, you know, the life of her friends, because if she's, if you've been told your whole life that you, you know, you can't, you shouldn't, or, or you won't do something and you come into a place that says, no, you can do that. Right. I think there's something to be said about just like the physicality of CrossFit or weightlifting or just like whether it's climbing a mountain or whatever it is that it's, it's almost like this microcosm. You don't know when you're gonna have your breakthrough moment and maybe Dupree, maybe you can't like put it, you know, to this, it was this specific moment, but it was almost through that process of like, hey, I'm training, I'm in this thing, I'm doing it over, over again. And, you know, maybe the breakthrough moment was, you know, being number one or whatever it is, but like you're saying about the rope climb or whatever it is, um, climbing the mountain, um, I feel like the physicality of certain things like within fitness, um, you, you have this higher percentage of being able to have that breakthrough moment because not too many of us, I feel like are going to be sitting in a room, dark room, you know, with a light on reading the book and we're like, ah, oh, 
I got it, yeah, you know, right. and, and this it, is yeah. the breakthrough moment. But there's something to be said whenever you take your body um, to this to this new place, or you yep. do this thing that you thought was, I could never do that, and then you do it, and then like you said, now all of a sudden you have this confidence, yep, you know, for sure. uh, about yourself, and you're you're walking a little lighter, or your head's a little higher, and uh, that's that's ultimately. I feel like those opportunities are presented to us every day um, in, in the gym. Or and I think I think I always attribute and use the analogy that there's a million different ways you can go with it. But like I think of it like a dark room filled with hundreds of light switches, mm-hmm. and it's like you get through Fran, Fran, flip on a light switch, you know. But that light stays on, you know. You've mm-hmm. now switched something fundamentally in the way your brain works. That like I pushed through something that's that sucked, sure. Mm-hmm. And now like those problems that now arise later on that like whether it's low on money or stresses in at work, like you might be able to deal with that a little bit easier because that light switch yep. is flipped on. Absolutely. You know, we're training for Murph right now. We're Memorial Day Murph. We do it every single year and we're doing this challenge right now and a lot of the programming reflects building towards that Murph. And a lot of people are deathly afraid of doing this workout. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we we take hero work, workouts seriously here that we're doing them for a higher purpose than just to have a, a sweat fest, you know. And like to, to prepare to mentally prepare people and turn those little light switches on here and there and then they get through Murph and it's like you have this huge feeling of accomplishment that again carries throughout your day. You yeah. know, it's like now like that that flat tire you get on the highway, that's not a big deal. Right. You know, you can deal with that because you just went through an hour and a half or you know, a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half workout because right you're now mentally stronger to do so. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, you know, just going back to what I do for a living, I, I, I train adult learners, you know, and one of the, one of my favorite classes to teach is pole climbing. And we teach these guys how to get off the ground with gaffs, um, and work at 24, 26 feet in the air. And a lot of grown men don't know they're scared of heights till they find out, you know what I mean? So typically at the end of, it's a three day class. And typically at the end of that class, they are just beat down and worn down and exhausted. But the cool thing about that is, man, we just learned a brand new skill set. Yeah. And that carries over into so much more stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I just learned something brand new and I'm an adult. That doesn't happen that often, no. you know, unless you're in this kind of an environment or you're trying to learn a whole new job or something like, like that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's very cool. And that's, I think that's where you see the success of we, whether it be a CrossFit or Olympic weightlifting or like a Spartan race. Like you get to be that that superhero for the day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do something that you've never done before. Sure. And there's something to that 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 you get past adolescence and you're like not climbing trees anymore. Yeah. You're not running around like an idiot. And, you know, it's like you're, you're not getting outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, everyone, sure. especially in this day and age, like you said, from the transition from the rotary phone to the smartphone, right. to the, you know, fiber optic Internet to now we'll have, you know, 3D gaming and all, you know, anyway, we're being pushed more and more to this, like, just stay home. You know, you can do everything from the comfort of your own home. And again, like I said, how many of those experiences provide for that, that breakthrough? And like you're saying, like, Hey, we just had a breakthrough. This guy just got 24 feet off the ground Mm -hmm. and now he's seeing maybe life from a different perspective because he had to do something physical and get up this pole and use his body and overcome fears and yeah. so on and so forth. And yeah, man, I, th- I think that there's something really powerful within that. So, uh, I, a little bit earlier I mentioned about just cause you said something about recovery and things like that. It, mm-hmm. it, sure. cause it, cause it intrigues me, uh, because, uh, I'm 32, I'm not turning 50, but mm-hmm. I'm also not 24. Right. So my 
recovery from 24 to 32 is wildly different and I'm sure it's wildly different for you than, yep. than you were when you even when you started in 2012 so what is someone at a, at a higher level athlete or just to say an athlete in general mm -hmm. how do you recover at 50 versus when you did almost 50 when you uh, when you uh, first started food is fuel man uh, it's the that's again, one I'm going to highlight that. Just play that over and over <laughs> that's again. That's one thing it always comes back to for me is it's it's fuel, you know. I, um, I, I just I, – when I'm competing, I follow RP very tightly. Um, when I'm not, like right now, my walking around life, uh, we still follow RP, but it's looser than that. Um, still weigh in, uh, still have a scale, still weigh and measure everything. But, again, it's, it's, it's uh, quality in, quality out. Um, stay away from what makes me uh, – fills me with inflammatories you know I only take one supplement uh, it's it's Pangea by medical uh, orient origins it's all plant-based stuff and it aids with my recovery incredibly um, they're an Indiana based company it's an awesome product um, that's my pitch for that by the there way. You go. Hey. Um, but yeah mobility obviously is key you know I mean before and after and just watching TV and just rolling and smashing and and you know dr. balls at Arosti one time told me that uh, that's getting back to that team of people that make you successful. I'm sure you guys have had Rob in here to oh, yeah, do a, a seminar. Uh, he told me one time, I'm just too heavy for my calves. What does that even mean, man? You know, <laughs> because I, I would keep, I kept straining my calves from a lot of double unders and, you know, repetitive jumping like that. And, and then you have something blow up and not up and he has to go fix it and undo the damage that you did. And, and so what I did is learned to just mobilize that, smash that and, continue to keep those things loose and I know what I can do now and I know what I can't do and I know what's going to work for me and what's not well I, I like what that and again I think learning from your own body like learning what you can't do is just as important as learning a new skill yeah like for me I have like heavy deadlifts just never been good for me and so I don't really do them that often can mm -hmm. I still be very fit can I do heavy clean pulls can I do heavy snatch pulls absolutely but do I have to try and do King Kong absolutely not no. you know like learning what you can and cannot do and what you're limited because the risk reward of me saying i did this workout as prescribed is not worth me potentially having to spend the next 12 weeks realigning my hips right i get it you know yeah um but but again i think it's it's the more you do this the the more physical activity you do the more it takes to recover to do so you know um if, if you're doing an hour worth of workout, you should need to do a half an hour, if not more, mobility a day. Oh, sure. You know, uh, whether that is, like you said, foam rolling or mashing or mm -hmm. um, just, I think Ramwad's a great tool. You yeah, know, we, for sure. Ramwad here, I love it. You know, it's just, but it's not sexy, so people don't want to do right. it. Right. And some of that stuff hurts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's often worse than the workout. You're yeah, like talking yeah. about smashing and stuff. If you've ever smashed out, you know, your quads with a little crossball or oh, yeah. lats with a little crossball it's like takes your breath away yeah for yeah. sure yeah we've for all sure. we've definitely had uh, balls as dr balls's thumb in more places than i care to uh, <laughs> yeah. Care yeah. To right. yeah so yeah uh, well, at, least, and, at least buy you dinner yeah and, and you know like you said having that team of people that are around you that's going to make you know we have uh dr aaron that that is uh chiropractor that we all trust and he mm -hmm. knows what we do so it's not like a you shouldn't do thrusters anymore yeah you know helps. it's 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 hey man i did this we need to figure out how to fix it so i don't have to come back yeah yeah my my chiropractor pete hagenos at uh, thrive chiropractic yeah, he's practic awesome. in oakley he's a crossfit athlete as well not only an athlete but he's a hell of a good athlete yeah he's so he knows beast. what you're putting yourself through and that definitely is beneficial when it comes to knowledge uh you know from your your medical practitioner for sure yeah because unfortunately there's a lot of people that they're going to err on the side of caution too much and it's like well just don't do it 
And it's like, well, yeah. I still need to be active. Right. I want to do it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, I know CrossFit HQ is on a big, um, you know, maybe it's worldwide, at least here in the U.S., um, trying to get all the doctors to get L1 certified. And they're basically paying for them. Mm-hmm. Like we have several doctors that come here that have been contacted about coming out. I think they're actually doing it in aromas at the ranch. And just to have that self-awareness. I mean, that's ultimately what you guys are kind of talking about. Like, hey, uh, the calves or whatever, just being aware of like, hey, you know, for me, it's always my shoulders, so on and so forth. Um, and understanding like, hey, you know, you need to stretch this a little, maybe a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Or this is how you mobilize this a little little more than if you're mobile in other areas or so on and so forth. But I think so many people are fast to, like you said, reprimand like, oh, never do that again. That got right. you hurt. Um, so I really like CrossFit, at least their ambition to try to get as many doctors as they can in the L1 protocol. Educate. Yeah, just just more education because so many people are scared of what they don't know about, right. you know, and it's just like supplementation is a big, you know, one of those uh, categories where just a lot of people don't know about proper supplementation or like you said, recovery or even just basic, you know, macronutrients. And they're they're quick to sound the alarm on oh, you know, uh, I ate this one thing and it, you know, caused me to break out in hives or whatever, you know, or I did this one workout and it it hurt me. So it's just educating and especially if we're educating our educators, which are doctors, um, on how to properly do physical fitness. I think that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, because, man, I mean, like, that's how our bodies are designed to move, let's be honest. Like, and, you know, like you said, if we can get people to perceive food as fuel, then all of a sudden we've really had a paradigm shift because this day and age we're being sold to market it to every day with, you know, Coca-Cola, the easy way out. And you know, the food pyramid is completely backwards and you know, all this, all these toxins. So you can get on a big long tangent there, but you know, the easy answer to a lot of people is if it hurts, don't do it anymore. Exactly. And my gosh, that's not the answer. Why does it, why does it hurt? Why did, why did it hurt all the way through Mm -hmm. that? What were you doing? Were you doing something wrong? Is there, is there an impingement? Is there, you know something let's figure it out first before we just mm. don't do it anymore yeah because i think totally eliminating it is not the answer <laughs> absolutely so uh what is next on the horizon for you? back to coaching man um i'm totally stoked about it really i uh, um i ended up back at crossfit on the river again um just because i i uh you know i don't want to compete at that level anymore i really don't i was completely done burnt out tired of being hurt i mean my gosh everything from the calves to to strained thumb ligaments to fractured ribs from bar muscle ups to like i said three torn biceps a torn labrum a torn rotator i'm tired of that stuff <laughs> man you know i got i told somebody one time i have more pins and screws in me than you have in your toolbox you know you and uh, um but now i uh I've been offered a chance to uh, coach Barbell Club at Crossroad on the River, so I'm back where I started in 2012, and I, I couldn't be happier, man. I, I, I'm very well received there. I think I have something to offer. Uh, it's going very well. We're doing it two days a week, um, and uh, the program we're following, it's, it, you know, like we talked about earlier, we're working through percentages. Uh, we just got to 80%, and I think it's going to be key to help these athletes get the barbells moving. Uh, nobody wants to jump into doing something stupid and heavy right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, my goal is to get it from the ground overhead in the safest and most efficient manner possible, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, and that's what we're doing. And uh, it's it's great, man. I I'd limited it to 10 athletes. We have five platforms. I, I don't want it to get too overwhelming and too watered down. Um, so, like I said, we're going through an eight-week cycle now, and 
we'll see what happens from there. But I'm I'm incredibly pleased with how it's going so far. That's exciting, man. Because that's you know again you've you have you have put some time in, you have the experience, and now you know it's exciting to share some of that. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Know? I think I have something to offer for sure. That's great, man. Uh, so uh, we've always we always ask uh, the same question whenever we kind of finish things out, and it's mm -hmm. pretty it's a very simple question, but it's always a different answer. So I'm always excited to hear what people have to say. Right. Uh, it's very simple, uh, and is that is what is your definition of fitness? Wow. My definition of fitness. That's a great question. I'd love to know what some of the other answers are. <laughs> they, they really do run the gamut, man. Yeah, they, I'm sure. It, um, is, it is everything because it's, it's really interesting to see the walks of life that come through. Yeah. Um, that's, what I, that's what I was going to say is there, there's different variables. There's different variables. You know, we have some teachers that are going to give us one answer that, that involve a lot of, you know, the health of uh, either their children in their classroom or if they're a sure. family person, the health of their family. Um, we've also have, you know, some athletes that is fitness is, is being an athlete, yeah. you know, so it's, yeah. it really just depends on, on your perspective and where you come where, from and where I'm at right now. Probably yeah, is it's, pro it's probably different. It's what's going to generate answer my answer. Yeah. A having, while ago. having, having competed at that high level for a long time, I would say at that time, I would say my fitness would be to my level of fitness would be to obviously make it to the CrossFit games, be number one in the world do this and do that but as perspectives change and 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 I get older my physicality changes now I'm at a point where I'm more interested in watching people succeed and get in shape and like you said get that first rope climber get that first double under um, uh, get that first uh, first bar muscle up or ring muscle up when we get to that point right now I'm just I'm, I'm my level of fitness and what would make me happy and a good definition of fitness would be to uh, see people successfully perform barbell movements on a platform Oh, I really think because I have varied athletes. I have, you know, I have, um, I have heavier people and I have lighter people. I have five guys and I have five girls and, uh, doesn't matter to me how much you lift. I, it doesn't matter. I don't care. My goal is to make sure that you're doing it correctly. Mm. And that's, uh, so yeah, I guess that would be my answer right now. It's kind of a long way around. No, <laughs> it just good. depends on where I'm at in my life at the point, I guess. That's great. And that, and that should absolutely change as you move. It has to, it I has think, to, yeah. uh, cause that's one thing that we have learned, uh, many times over in, in these four walls and that, uh, things change. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and nothing is static. Everything is always flowing, always moving. So really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me, man. I, we, yeah. we did have something to talk we about. Did. Yeah. We did. So <laughs> thank job. you. And uh, thank great. you all for listening to everyday athlete. Join us next week as we dive deep in the lives of those who make us great. Thanks again. Thank Thanks. you.